a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, Millville, Minnesota wrap-up. Lots to talk about when it comes to there. A couple of amazing rides by uh, two riders that uh, we'll definitely have to touch on. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Flyracing.com. Go to your local dealer. Pound on the counter with your fist repeatedly until they show you the WPS slash Fly Racing catalog. And uh, you'll go in there and see all sorts of goodness from uh, hard parts to gear to um, batteries to watercraft to mountain bike. WPS slash Fly Racing has got what you need. Blake Baggett wearing fly. Benny Bloss wearing fly. Wesson Pike wearing fly. Seven Deuce Deuce also wearing fly in his new video, My Bike's Too Lit. Please check it out wherever you get videos from nowadays. And uh, thanks to uh, Fly Racing for making it happen. Also, too, thanks to Alpine Stars, uh, the, A4, the A4 chest protector, the Tech 10 boots. You know those got products, and uh, you know that they have some exciting things coming for you down the line. Of course, Alpine Stars, uh, the, na- the name in protection because Alpine Stars protects. Uh, Max's Tires, the MXST tire out now, Max's.com. From your bike to your truck to your mountain bike to your trailer to UTV, Max's Tires will have you covered in whatever you need. And the MXST tire that's developed by Jeremy McGrath is absolutely um, working out very well. Reviews are in and people seem to like it. So please check it out. Think of Maxxis a whole new way now with that MXST tire. Uh, it's a legitimate premier tire from the folks at Maxxis. Uh, thanks to those companies for making this podcast happen. Thank you, people, for listening. And uh, with me on the line to discuss Millville from all angles. We were all there this, this weekend, which is very exciting. First up, he's the voice of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. He's the voice of quad racing. He is the voice of flat track. He was the voice of Geneva Supercross. The voice of Enduro Cross. He's Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, Weege? Well, it was amazing. Uh, we were all at this race. Uh, I did not see either of you. Did either of you two see each other? I don't know who the other guy is yet. He hasn't been introduced. But did you and the other guy on this call see each other? We did. Yep. Yep. We had okay. in-depth fantasy, Pulpamex fantasy discussions before Moto started. Okay. Yeah, I never, uh, I never saw you. In fact, it was just a weekend of hearing people. I was always like five steps behind every truck I'd go to. They were making fun of what you had been talking to about them five minutes earlier. It was amazing. <laughs> that sounds about yeah. right. That sounds about yeah. right. So that would have been Honda, JGR, Cowie. I went over to uh, uh, um, Henry Miller's pits for a little bit. So it would have been all that. I think. Yeah, and at the end of the day, there was a big discussion about why Tyler Keith is known as Grumpy Cat, and it's a hundred percent blamed on you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I went on that. I went over there too. Yeah, Gosso got yelled at over there. Mm -hmm. Um, Also on the line, 
He's a two-time German Supercross champion, everybody. He's a two-time Montreal Supercross champion. Fly Racing Zone, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. We also uh, we also had dinner on Friday night together, Steve. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of Mathis this weekend. Yeah, a lot of Mathis everywhere. <laughs> Just coming out everywhere. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I talked GL, too. I talked to GL. Oh, you did? Wow, oh, okay. GL in my life. Yep. yep. Well, um, yeah, you were there uh, working for the Fly Racing, of course. And uh, in the little vendor area slash hospitality or whatever you got going on there, so it was a, it was a nice chance for you to uh, see the track. And you actually were over by the new section. They kind of changed up a few things, so I didn't walk over there. I watched it on TV a little bit, but um, uh, yeah. Hey, by the way, before we get too far into this, um, I'm supposed to promote this thing for RacerX. Uh, let me see here, RacerXBrand.com. Use the code PulpMX. 20% off the entire order. T-shirts to hats to bottle openers and backpacks. So this is all RacerX merch. They partnered with myself and another janky podcast that I'm not familiar with. But it's 20% off if you go to uh, RacerXBrand.com and use the code PulpMX, everybody. So I would prefer you type in EXHAUST, all caps, and get your 20% off that way. That's what I would think would be a better move. Uh, I, I don't think that would work. I think PulpMX, all caps, would be much better. EXHAUST seems like a terrible name. Actually, for anything. 20% off. Put in exhaust. All caps. Uh, all right, everybody. So please check it out. RacerXBrand.com. Um, yeah, and you can uh, go there and uh, save by just listening to this podcast. So, um, all right. Yeah. Well, why can't one of the guys on a team that shall go nameless bet me that Alex Martin would not make the podium? I'm like, what? Which he almost didn't, by the way. If it wasn't for Austin Forkner. Alex Martin would not have made the podium, but I got it in at the, late in the race, so I couldn't believe it. Um, first, first, of course, I was I was going over there saying one one, it's our day, troll train, get on, and then I kind of walked that back a little bit. But uh, Alex Martin making the podium at Millville, I mean, come on, man. Uh, I did talk to that guy. Uh, that was one of the many. Oh, Mathis was just here. Let's make fun of him. Combos I had all weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, um, yeah, he doesn't even feel like he should pay up the bet. Because as far as he's concerned, Alex didn't make the podium. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very yeah. bizarre. I'm, lo- I'm looking at the results. He's, yeah. he's right on there, but uh, very bizarre. Yeah, only only because Forkner literally cannot get on a, a podium no matter what. Like it just, it just is like there's a force field. There's krypto- kryptonite. That's the only thing that saved Daymark. Yeah, on the podium. It was uh, it was a different day. It, it was um, some things surprised me. Some things didn't. Uh, first of all. Best track on the circuit, JT. Best track, hands down. Wait, hold on. I, well, yeah, I I still am lost on your thoughts about Southwick being the best track or no, best race or best, whatever. Best national, JT. It tied. It tied Millville for the best national. Okay. Well, I do agree with you. I think uh, I do think this is the best track, but I don't think it's by a lot. I think Redbud and Bud's Creek are both in there. Um so between Redbud, Bud's Creek, and Spring Creek, you've got a lot of buds and springs and creeks and the, and the best track, three best tracks. But yes, this track is awesome. I think it was, uh, I think it was lessened a little bit by the heavy rains we got on Thursday and Friday. But regardless, this is still an awesome track. I just don't think we saw the absolute well, best version we could have possibly gotten. I, I asked Alex, I'm like, hey, what's up with the little S turns after the sand, the first sand lane, and Alex, like that's my dad. He's just trying to do something different. He's he's he, he's so dumb. It doesn't work. <laughs> so uh, I didn't like that part either. After the end of the sand whoops, and the whoops weren't as deep as they'd been in the past. 
Um, I guess maybe that was a, a weather thing. I don't know. But, um, yeah, and the new section, JT, over by the uh, far side, I thought that looked pretty good. Good change. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good. Um, you know, I wish the whoops were a little bit deeper and nastier. Uh, they were pretty fast, and there wasn't a lot of uh, separation, which I think is is pretty cool about that that section. Is you can really make up some serious time there if you're willing to just commit and and you have your bike right and and your technique right. But they were pretty much the same for everybody this weekend. So that was a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would agree with you. The new the new uphill section was a definite improvement versus just a little switchback that they had before there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was a Millville's a hard track to pass on, though. It's not easy. That's the one. Is. That's one. It is, yeah. yeah, that's one thing that's not great about it. It's not a lot of um, lines to, to pass guys. Yeah, all the lines kind of funnel back to the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that you know to make passes, and we saw it was true this weekend. Fortune kind of favors the brave as far as making passes here because we saw and we've seen in several years past that you've kind of got to make this heroic uh, bonsai run your cannonball run down the hill to make to make a move and otherwise you really can you know you can fall in and get stuck behind these guys and we saw that happen to Eli several times this weekend uh, but then in the 250 class you saw you know Plessinger make just these crazy passes uh, down the hill so um, yeah you're right it is it is a tough, tough track to pass I've gotten stuck you know, my racing days many times behind guys and, and you know, I, I didn't have the, the skill to make some insane run down a hill to make a move. So you just end up following these guys forever. And, uh, yeah, no different than yeah. 2018 than it was maybe 10 years ago. What monster's back? It's been back for a couple of years, I guess. What monster is there? No whoops, really, to talk to about. But, yeah, those sand whoops, Wygant, I mean, they, they've been a staple of that place, and they're just – just a super cool obstacle that Redbud tried to copy and rip off, by the way. All you Redbud lovers. I think Redbud did it in a respectful uh, uh, fashion. I think they did it as no. an ode no. yeah, to they, Millville. They, they ripped it off. That's what they did. They ripped it off. So. I believe they did it as like a, you know, like uh, imitation to serious form of flattery. I believe they even said that it was based on Millville. Like, here's a little, take a bow, Millville. You did a great job. Here's our little version of what you guys have done so well. Well, I think no? a lot of tracks have tried to rip off LaRocco's leap. So <laughs> Yeah, you think. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so... Uh, I, oh yeah, by the way, speaking of LaRocco's leap, I was talking to Tim Ritchie about uh, Redbud and Donations, and he told me the whole history of LaRocco's leap. And most people, I think, have heard that it was actually based on a jump that LaRocco had at his own track, um, his private track, like, not too far from there, and it was called Kong. Um, so he basically... Redbud folks, Tim Ritchie basically made Kong at Redbud, and then he said, I was thinking of naming it Kong, and then I ran that idea by Mike, and he just didn't say anything. So I figured, I guess I better find a different name. <laughs> so, I don't know. That could have just been a normal Mike LaRocco response. Yeah, yeah, really. And he we're was kind of calling it Kong. parking lot jump? Parking lot jump. Is that what you're referring yes. to? Okay, okay. Parking lot jump, yes. There was no bunch. Uh, yeah, there the was sand whoops no... were lacking this oh. year, for sure. Wow. Phil thought I was yeah. crazy, but everybody else agreed with me, so... Um, uh, there was no bunching and parking lot jump. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay, so, man, Eli Tomac. Oh. Oh, oh boy. Uh, after uh, having some problems with a bike at uh, Red Button and having some problems with himself in the second moto, uh, he was three points down going in, and, uh, yeah, he is now uh, seven points up because he just decided that uh, he was going to win that second moto. JT with some incredible lap times. This is Eli Tomac. This is what we've seen. He cannot be stopped when he 
doesn't stop himself. Yeah, it's so crazy to me that, you know, the level is pretty high. You know, there's obviously the debate already heating up about AMA versus uh, MXGP and who's got the better guys and blah, blah, blah. And, that, and that's only going to get louder. As, you know, the drums are only going to beat louder as we get closer to October. But it's so crazy to me how Eli can put in, you know, 12 or 13 laps uh, running. You know, they're running around 219, 220. And, that, and when I say they, I mean the whole front crew, you know, Roxon, uh, Marvin, Eli. And they're all pretty close. And then Eli just has this ability to grab another gear. And I'm not saying he picks up a second a lap, which is really hard to do towards the end of the race. I'm talking three to four seconds a lap, which is that's, I don't, that's nearing impossible. Like, I'm not even sure how he does it, where he does it. Uh, I rewatched the race last night, and I can see it. I can, I can pinpoint where he's able to go faster and where he's pushing the envelope. I just don't know. It, it begs the question, is he holding back during the rest of the moto, or is he? Is that just another level that he can't sustain for more than two laps, and if he tries to, you know, he's, he's going to crash? Um, I, I don't know if he could answer that, or, you know, maybe it's just obvious yeah. that that's just a level that's no way to hold that. You know, you but know either what? way, man, that, that level right there, if he brings that, you know, that 216 lap time uh, at the end, I don't care who you bring. Uh, he will at least be able to run with him, if not beat him. You know, whoever you line you, up against him. You're so obsessed with this MXDN thing, JT, on all these group texts. Like you're so into this battle. Like, I mean, who cares? Whoever's on that. I do. That, I do. I yeah, think it's awesome. I know, I but wait. it's July. Can we just wait? No. Okay. No. No. This is awesome. Okay. You should talk to fans, bro. Everyone wants to know who's better, Eli or Herlick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if you haven't heard that. Yeah, well. It's a popular popular topic, and we're on a, yeah. uh, a talk show. Yeah, well. We talk about popular topics. It's July. Like, can we just hold off on that? I mean. No, either, we're, we're talking either, about Motorcross Nation teams. You're you're out there tweeting the teams been picked. So either, I'm not sure guys. if you want me to stay away from it when you're tweeting about it. Either guy's amazing. I just, I don't know who's going to win. It doesn't matter. They're both amazing. One guy could get a right, bad doesn't start. Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. One guy could, nobody cares. No, but you, not everybody a hot just topic at all. just makes judgments on it. They just make oh, Hurley's is better. Tomac is better. Like what? Maybe one guy gets a shit start, like like we saw at Jacksonville, one moto. You know, I mean, it just I, I understand that, but it's like, not. The debate's going to rage. If you don't think the debate's well, going to keep going until race time, you're crazy. Oh, whatever. Um, yeah, to, Tomac was amazing. I, to me, JT. When he's on it, when he's good, you know, he's tall. He's got long legs, like Hurlings, speaking of. And to mm-hmm. me, when he's on it, he is wheeling bumps and putting his front tire down and, and you know, getting over braking bumps that would slow people down. And he's lifting the front end up and driving it down over top of bumps and setting it down and then popping and then going. Like, that to me is when he's on it, right? Like, that's what I see when, uh, when he's pushing. Like, he is just, like, coming into turns – missing bumps yeah there's really you know when he gets into that mode and you can you can literally see it with three to four laps to go in the second moto he just turns it up to where he's not trying to time anything he's not trying to be in a rhythm in the sand whoops he's not trying to hit anything specific like he never lets off it's unbelievable and they're already going so damn fast anyway you know to do a 219 the speed is already incredible but then he goes to this level where you can visually see how much faster he's going. And, I don't, yeah, I mean, he's, he's literally not worried about where his front tire is, where his rear tire is. It's almost he goes into this robotic mode where it's just, like, turn your brain off and hold the thing wide open. Yeah. But he uh, did. He, you know, I, I don't, he had some close calls. He had a couple of close calls. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's part of the game is I, I think he realizes whether subconsciously or, you know, he, he's 
aware of it that you can't sustain that. Like there's a, that's a matter of time riding like that. You're going to crash. But I think he gets to the point where in this weekend, you know, he was several seconds behind Marvin with only a few laps to go. And it was like, do I want to win? Because if I want to win, I've got to go to this crazy place, right. To, to eke out a few seconds here in three laps. Uh, and you know, everybody wants to be able to do that. Like say, I'm just going to go crazy and make up the time here, but he just, he has that unique ability and we've seen Hurlings do it too, but there's very few people on earth that can go to that place. And when everybody's on the limit and doing a certain lap time, he can just drop four seconds a lap from that. That's that's rare error from, from anybody. I mean, we've only seen a few people ever that could do that. He only led nine laps of the day, but he goes 1-1. Nine laps total, but it goes 1-1. Well, just... I, I think the, you know it's, it's obviously incredible for us to watch visually, and, and we all sit back and are just scratching our heads and, and – we're all very lucky to witness a level like that. You know, I was blown away, like in person, like, I don't know how he's doing that. You know, I felt fortunate to, to be watching it, but think about how Marvin feels, you know, cause you know, with three or four laps to go, he's watching Eli do everything he can to pass Kenny and he's not really able to, and he's kind of stuck back there. And then he's got this big gap and he's kind of still making mistakes and not really closing it down. He's like, Oh, I got this, you know? And, and you could even hear Ryan Dungey on the, on the broadcast of the Weege, and I'll be interested to hear Weege's perspective in person with Dungey, but you could almost sense they're like, yeah, it's just time's running out here. Like, it's not, it's not going to happen. Like, he's not closing down. He's running out of time. He doesn't really seem like he's making up enough time. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, nah, I'm going to go to the front now, and yeah. then it's all over with. And, and if you're Marvin, you just got to be like, I, there's nothing I can do. There's no possible way I can respond to that kind of pace because I've already been putting down the fastest laps I can possibly find for the past 30 minutes. I'd love uh, to. I think at this point you just have to be like, if he's going to do that, he's going to win. And I'm just going to have to wait for his bad days like Redbud and hopefully, you know, at the end of the series I come out with more points. Love to put, I'd love to put uh, an overlay of Roxon 2016 on the RCA Suzuki versus Tomac. Like, Roxon was incredible that day. Just amazing. Just crushed it. And, uh, you know, like Eli did. So, um, yeah, I think it's different though. Like when I watched the two, yes, the the level is really similar, but with the way they went about it, it seemed very different. Like Eli, just seems like he goes into just I don't care mode. Like he's not even worried about the bumps or anything. Kenny's was much more methodical. He was just a lot better than everybody, and it was from lap one. He was just blowing past everyone. Eli, I mean, it's some sort of like full rage mode that he has where you know bumps mean nothing and he's just he's overcoming the laws of physics everywhere he goes around the track and and that's just my take on it but they look visually different where kenny's was so much smoother and more methodical or eli is just i'm gonna hold it wide open and see what happens what do you think wagant to all of that yeah there's a lot to discuss here jt good job covering much of it um for sure, when you saw how long it took him to get Roxon, and we've been talking about this with Roxon all year, Roxon is so good, it reminds me very much of Reed, where he's very hard to pass but not dirty about it at all. And that's very rare to see someone who can combine those two things. I mean, Kenny knows that he's not going to be Eli straight up for 30 plus 2, but in these motos where they've had these battles, he just does such a good job of being not as fast as Eli and not riding dirty but being hard to pass. So just based on that alone, I'm like, geez, if it took Eli – 18 minutes to get Kenny, and he's probably faster than him. Well, he's going to make up five seconds on Marvin and then pass him. There's only four laps to even do all this. Uh, and then, yeah, just you, even though we've seen Eli put in these laps a couple times this year, you still can't adjust. 
to the fact that it's possible for someone at that level, I mean, Marvin is good, that, oh, well, what if Eli just goes four seconds faster in one lap? Like, you just aren't prepared to see that happening. And then, basically, the first corner that he was behind him, he passed him. I mean, it took him 18 minutes to do that to Roxon. It was unbelievable yeah, and unreal. And, um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Dungey thing. Um, I don't think he expected it either. It just looked like it wasn't going to happen. And then when it did, Dunge actually even said, uh, when we were done, I think we were at a commercial, and he's like, the speed that Eli can go outdoors, it just, I don't know how he does it. He has so much speed. He's like, remember 2015? It's like, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he can go that fast outdoors. So that says a lot. And it's kind of cool to see Dunge with his guard down now because you were not hearing Dungey say those things in 2015, no, right? No. Oh, just uh, my bike set up, my bike, you know, we're going to work, we're going to get them, we're going to catch up. Uh, I mean, yeah, it would be easy to have hot takes right now and say, Marv, you had it, you choked, you blew it, that, you had, that was your race to win. Dude, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do about that? Yeah, what are you no. going to do you about can't. that? Yeah. You can't. There is no, there is no yeah. response to that. No, no you no. You no. look at uh, you look at lap times and Marv's were respectable. They were not, you know there were nothing wrong with his lap times. Like, yeah, no, Marv just yeah. kept doing what he was doing. Yeah, he yeah. kept it's... doing what had been good enough the whole race. I, that's what I'm yeah. saying. If if Eli decides yeah. he's going to go four seconds a lap better, it's over. Yeah, that's just how it's going to go. Nobody's going to be able to do anything about that. Yeah, so it was interesting to hear that was basically Dunge's thing. Like, I don't understand how he can go that fast. Like, there is no explanation for this. There's nothing you can like. Well, you're just going to need to adapt and like it. What the hell? It's insane. Now, the Cali guys are telling me, and Eli mentioned it in the press conference, a lot of it was the line he wanted to use in the Sam Whoops. He was behind Kenny, and he couldn't do what he wanted to do. Like, he was getting held up in the Sam Whoops by Kenny so much. And then once he finally got him, he was able to go way faster than he had. But I don't think – I mean, the Sam Whoops cannot account for four seconds. No, I don't think so. But you could see yeah. that, yeah, he wanted to – he had Kenny at the entrance of the Sam Whoops but couldn't. Couldn't make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't find the angle, right? Yeah. So that was a lot of it right there. But, yeah, it's a totally different – JT, I think a couple of years ago you, you touched on – it's almost a little bit mountain bike-ish. You know, with mountain bikes, it's, you know, you, mountain bikes you're not riding on supercross-style terrain. You're just hitting random bumps. Uh, and the you know, suspension on a mountain bike is not nearly as sophisticated as a motocross bike. You're just hitting stuff. And there's almost a hint of that to Eli, not surprisingly, with his mountain bike heritage, I suppose. That's what it is. He's just going over the top of bumps and just mowing them down and just making it happen. There's nothing technical about it. He's just able to do it. It's freakish, man. Four him, seconds a lap. Him and Hurlings, they, they use their legs so much. They're gripping the bike. I thought we weren't talking about that anymore. No, I'm, uh, I'm saying a similar riding styles. Like, they... <laughs> They grip the bike. They use their legs. They put the front tire where they need to go. They kind of lift it up. Yep. Like it's it's yeah. It's Who's faster though? Nobody cares, JT. Whichever rider, like <laughs> like Tomac could win. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Roxon was good. Roxon Kenny was back. He was good. That's two strong races in a row for Kenny. Two three on the day. Um, led a lot in that first moto. Um, had a bit of an issue with a lapper, but uh, I, I mean. I wasn't sure if Tomac was going to catch him in the first moto either. Like, that lead was pretty big, Weege. I wasn't sure. I'm like, Kenny could straight up get this, but then Eli went Eli on him. But uh, I, I really thought that Millville, Kenny could, could take it home. I don't know. I just, he, he, no matter how well he's riding, if you have Tomac right behind you, 
I, I don't know if you at any point are you just thinking he's not going to be able to make the pass. I know. Like, except I, for I mean more maybe hurlings. I'm, Sorry to bring uh, that up. Here we go. I, I mean, is more, there anyone that Eli's right behind that you don't think eh, chances are he'll probably be able to get him? No, no. When Eli no. got behind him, I'm like, yeah, he's going to get him. But like, I'm talking early in the race. I'm like looking at Eli and I'm looking at that lead. And oh, Ken, yeah. Kenny's riding good, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe not, you know? Uh, and then once he got close to him, it, it was over. Kenny led 10 laps to, to Eli's six. But Roxon rode really well. That's what I'm getting at. Yep. Good job. Yeah, it's me. definitely good. I think we can officially say that the Thunder Valley level, Roxon is back. Um, whatever the lull was there, you know, at, at yep. some other races, uh, whether it was changing suspension or, you know, I tend to think that he's, you assume he's going to get, you know, 5% better every weekend, but I don't think that's true. I think sometimes he's re-aggravating things. So some weekends he probably feels better than others. But last weekend was or Redbud was good too, obviously. So it's yep. good to see him at that level. It's just that last, you know, that's just sheer will what Tomac and Muscan are trying to do to beat each other for the title. He ended up 33 seconds behind in that second moto, which is crazy because he was probably within five seconds of the lead with, what, 25 minutes? Yeah, five minutes to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, five minutes to go. It's just weird, but that's just – what those guys have to do to beat each other, and he doesn't need to, you know, see God hanging right. out down hills right now. Uh, but he's definitely riding good, and it's such a weird season where it's so strong at the top, but so not deep. You know, when those three get good starts, and Baggett had a good start, and, and Barsha's riding well, any of those five, you're like, man, these guys can move. These guys are good. It's, it's really fun to watch those three. You, uh, do we want to talk about what we were talking about in our group text this morning? Or no? No. Oh, okay. No. Right. Let's check. No. Um, so, JT, I was talking to Blake Baggett uh, before, the, before the motos. And, uh, of course, his dad, Tom, was yelling at me, calling me CNN and this and that. And we're talking about different stuff. And, and I was making fun of Benny Bloss because every time I was standing in the sand whoops in practice and Benny was screwing him up. But uh, almost every time it looked like he eventually got it. But, anyways, I was I don't know what we were talking about. I don't know how it got started. And I, I was like, yeah, man, like – I think you might have won that moto last week, that first moto. Like, you know, you, that's what you need. You need to get up front and, and, you know, obviously I didn't mention Eli's bike blowing up, but let's say that happens anyways or Eli was, was a little further back. I don't know. I just said to Blake, I'm like, that was it, man. That was, that was your, you know, you could have got on track there. And then he's like, yeah. And I'm like, but I said, it's one of those years where you're going to hit that breaking bump with just cartwheel. And he's laughing. And he's like, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, it ain't happening for you, I told him. And he's like, I know, man. And his dad was like, yeah, it's just when it's your year, it's your year. And when it's not, it's not. And I'm like, yep. Like, Savachi's the same way right now. It's just not working, Blake. Um, but no matter how fast it is, something's going to go wrong for Blake. And he was kind of laughing. He actually gave me a fist pump on that. He agreed with that theory a lot. And uh, I'm like, yeah, well, all right. But um, he got a third in the first moto, thanks to Marv crashing. And he rode well. He just was a little bit off those guys. But, it, I mean, at least he got up front. And you know, got clear track. Yeah, I mean, he did, he ends up with a fourth overall in the day, which you know they're they're really trying and pushing to get on the podium for the weekend. That's what that's the goal right now, and it's kind of baby steps. But even with that, I think it was a step forward. You know, he was he could see the front. You know, and especially in the first moto, he could see the leaders almost the whole moto, if not the whole moto. Uh, and that's really at this point, you know, the points are what they are. It's pretty much done. He just needs to try to progress and, and catch up to those guys where even if he's not beating him, be in the race, you know, kind of like Kenny did. Like if you can't win it, lead it and just try to 
yeah. try to progress towards where they are. And, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, he, he blew a golden opportunity at Redbud because with, with Tomac's bike breaking, I, I think he wins that moto. Uh, I would say, I'm not going to say for sure because Kenny rode well, but I, I would like his chances there. Um, but, yeah, you know, similarly to how Jason Anderson at Supercross, he just, everything went his way, right? He just couldn't do wrong. I think it's kind of the same thing for, for Blake going the other way. And we, we've seen that time and time again in championships where, you know, that's, if you're having bad luck, it's just going to continue to have bad luck. And if things go right, they just continue to go right. Yeah, he, um, he was but saying, that doesn't yeah. mean, you know, you can't have good weekends and, and keep working towards getting better. And, you know, Blake's been fighting through little little nagging injuries here and there. And, and I'm sure most people have as well. It just just seems like he can't put the whole thing together. So even with the fourth overall, which I know isn't what they want, uh, I think it was a positive day to leave with. And be like, okay, well, you know, there's, maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel here. Well, on the podium is always good for sure. But he said that Red Bud, he's like, I never even saw that bump. I had no, I, I didn't even see it coming. I was charging down a hill. Next thing you know, I'm over the bars. I'm like, yeah, huh. Um, Barsha, uh, we each had two good motos, I thought, because he didn't have great starts either moto, and he worked through the pack. And it seemed like all day, well, again, there was a Barsha going through Phil, through Webb, through Weston to get to where he got to uh, go 5 5. He had, to, he had to pass some good guys to get to where he was. And he, to me, anyways, like he kind of got by him pretty easily. Like he was the fifth best guy, let's say, or whatever, however however you want to work it out. He, he was clearly kind of in his own race to the front, and he couldn't get close to Blake, really. But uh, he rode well, considering where he started. Yeah, it's funny how it works when there's good racing up front, um, how much less I end up seeing of, of other things. Yeah. I didn't know that about Barsha. I really only knew that he. I didn't see him get good starts, and he had decent finishes. But who he had to catch and pass and who he directly started behind or ahead of, I really have no idea, because... That first moto, we were pretty much just watching on TV. It was just Eli and Ken for almost the entire thing. And in the second moto, it was Eli, Ken, and Marv the whole time. So I did, saw very little of that. I think by the time we did go through the pack, Barsha had already passed everybody. So yeah. that was better than yeah. I realized. He cut over yep. on Bogle pretty good. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, his second moto, he I don't know if – I got to go back and watch it. I'm not sure if that's why he did that to Bogle because – he bumped with a bunch of guys coming down the start, and then he had to back off, and he was pretty far back going the first turn. Um, and maybe one of those guys was Bogle, who whole shot, that moved over on him, and maybe that – it almost seemed to me like a bit of a retaliatory thing. He was like, screw you. Maybe not. Maybe it was just whatever, something else. But i got to watch it again. But it might have been – he might have been, been pissed at Bogle because of the way he got bumped around going down the start straight, maybe halfway down the start straight. Uh, uh, I'm going to go back and watch it right now. Maybe we'll find something. Yeah, check out the start of the second yep. moto. Um, yep. Justin Hill had to come from pretty far back in that first moto to get a 10th. Good job for him. Cooper Webb, JT, is just he's just kind of there right now. It's not not really happening. He's not, in, he's not embarrassing himself. He's not, you know, riding poorly. He's just not riding like a lot of us thought he would. And, you know, I guess he's just riding it out right now, kind of. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the starts are killing him. He's not getting good starts at all. So the guys he wants to be racing with, are they're long gone by the time he even gets around the people he shouldn't be racing with. But we kind of know or we have our suspicions of where he's going to end up next year. Uh, I don't think he's in danger of really, you know, not having a home where he wants to be anyway. So, yeah, it's not going exactly how I think he envisioned this return, but it's not terrible. He just yeah. he just needs to focus on continuing to improve, and he's got basically another month to 
you know, kind of get to hopefully near the podium. I think I think that would be if, if I'm him. That's my goal is to just continue week in and week out to improve, and then by Ironman at the end, try to be near the podium because it's attainable. You know, I don't think that uh, maybe maybe Marv and Eli are a bit out of his grasp. Period. But you know, on Kenny's good day, like a day like Millville, maybe that is too right now. But on just a random day where you know maybe Barsh is not having his best day or Kenny's not having his best day. I think it's an, I think it's possible for somebody to jump in there like a web or uh, you know Weston's having some hand issues, but I just don't I don't think that third spot is locked up week in and week out right now. Uh, Benny Bloss uh, didn't have a great day. Told me he's uh, working on securing his ride for next year. I assume it's with the same team, JT. Uh, I don't know. I haven't I haven't spoken to Forrest um, about that. I would assume so. Yeah. I, I know yeah, he everybody really... in that camp likes each other, so yeah, he wasn't really um, t- I hope that all works out. He wasn't really giving it up to me either, but I assumed it was the same team. So, um, If everybody wants some comedy, go listen to Phil's post-race pulpcast with me. He was very angry. He dropped a lot of F-bombs about his day. So... Uh, shocking. Yeah, shocking. Shocking. And then, did, you, did you watch he and Weston battle? Yeah, the entire moto. I mean, the entire moto. They went at it. It was unreal. It was awesome. And uh, Henry Miller was all over him in the second moto, and and then I was talking to Henry at the end of the day for the pulpcast, and Phil walked by after we were done, and Henry was like, "Did you hear me yelling at you to get out of the way, old man?" And Phil's like, "No." He's like, "Yeah, I was yelling at you," and and Henry's like, "I just could, I couldn't make it happen." And Phil goes to him, "If you would have made it happen, I would have t-boned you and took us both down." <laughs> so Henry was not just it wasn't really gonna happen. Phil was not gonna let it happen, so um he was angry at that. Uh Bogle was better. I mean look, a fourteen twelve isn't anything to raise a flag about, but much better performance than, than we've seen, Wygant. Yeah, but here's what's funny. Uh I went to the JGR truck at the end of the day. They were very, very happy with Hill's performance. I think both motos either crashed or just had bad starts or whatever. They felt that he rode awesome. Like through the pack, mm-hmm. um, still not stoked uh, on Bogle. It is better, and they did say it was better. I mean, you at least want to finish in the points. But uh, I mean, this year has been strange. There's been several situations on TV where a guy gets a whole shot, and then I, he's seen being lapped late. And just to spare them, I usually don't bring it up. Uh, and we had yet another one of those. Yeah. Bogle gets the whole shot, and then is seen being lapped at the end. Uh, and not really wanting to not be lapped. Yeah, yeah, like, you know? like fine with getting me a lap down, no problem. Yeah, like uh, hmm, if I go a little slower here, I got one less lap I got to do. Right. Didn't uh, really seem concerned about that. I was talking, to, um, I was talking to Bogle's yeah. agent a little bit, and he was telling me mm-hmm. like he's just not happy with his bike setup, and I just yep. stopped him. I just stopped. I'm like, maybe that's the case, but it can't go like this. This is not bike setup. And and to his credit, he was like, no, 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 like it. It's bad. It's bad, and he, he needs to be better. But I had. Can to we st- talk about the downhill? I had to stop that that bike setup talk. Like I, 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 I can't deal with that right now. Looking at Bogle's results, so can we talk about the downhill? Sure. I I mean Bogle Bogle is better than that. Two apps in a row, getting passed by two people on the downhill, two mm-hmm. people at once. That he's he's better than that. I don't know what's going on. He's we called it the, 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 the Bogle Bogo. Who's <laughs> the Bogle Bogo? Yeah. That's what we called it on TV. <laughs> Buy one, get one. I saw that. Yep, <laughs> I saw that. I mean, it's it sucks to laugh at someone's expense like that, but it. 
I don't know what he's doing. This is a guy that won a race a year ago. He is he's simply better than that. Bike so setup. I don't know what it is. I bike. It's bike, bike setup. Confidence. It's bike setup. I understand. Yeah, I, got, I, I hear you. I hear you. And I don't know if it's the bike weeding the confidence or what. I don't know what it is, but I know he's better than that. So man, I was just I just shaking my head because this is this this guy he won an East Coast Championship. He's won 450 and 250 races. This he's uh, much look, better he, than than what he's showing. He was he was. Thirty percent better this weekend than what he's been. So that's a start, and that's good, right? That's that, that's that's good. Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, he was better. He, he was, was better, better, but dude, it's still it, so it, far from what he's capable of. I mean, so far. Yeah, that. but okay. But look, he got twelfth overall. Henry Miller, Bloss, Phil Hill, Webb are right ahead. Who's he beating outside of Henry Miller? Like Bloss has been killing it. Phil's a solid top ten guy. Hill rode well. Like he's not. Everybody in front of him, outside of Henry Miller, is someone that you would look at and be like, "Yeah, I could see them beating him." So that, to me, that's what I'm looking at. Like this guy won a race last year, Steve. Like yeah, straight I know, up, I know. But that, that straight was, up won the race. Like, that's, what, that's what I'm looking at. Is like he is. There are not many people that are capable of winning an overall. Like straight up with no problems. You know, no one's crashing and throwing it away or whatever. That just doesn't happen. Like that takes elite level talent and fitness and all these things. I just I don't know what I'm watching with Bogle. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I mean, hopefully he will continue to get better, and then you yeah. know there are no more questions. Yeah. But it just, it, it really, I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, got another whole shot. So that's, that's four. Is that four whole shots? Uh, yeah, I think so. For some reason, there was no I mean, official. I'm looking at the stats. They won't. The starts are they, Southwick. They didn't. I don't think they have an official whole shot declaration of one of the motors at Southwick. That had to be him. So I think it might be five. Yeah, he got both of them at whole shot at Southwick. Yeah. 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 Um, yep. Joe Joey Crown was there on a three fifty. He pulled a good start in the first moto on three fifty. Good job for Joey Crown. Um, Jerry Robin yeah, was there. He's riding well most of that moto. He yeah. was like eighth that whole moto. He's good. JT Jerry Robin <laughs> was there. He did. He, he got one moto down. He did. Uh, he did. Yeah, he was very close to shutting everyone up. And, yeah, just it didn't work out. But for as much heat as everyone gives Jerry, and, you know, he's probably one of the most mentioned riders on, on social media for for his results, no doubt. He qualified. Um, or lack of results, I guess. He qualified 12th. 12th fastest. <laughs> yeah, I was just happy to finish the first moto. Yeah, uh, I, as, as as much flack as he takes, I I was happy to just see him finish one. Whether the second, you know, he pulled off the second one, and that's kind of what we expect. But whatever, like I, I you know, it was a kind of a feel good moment for somebody I know. He tries hard, you know. I don't think he's really enjoying this uh, strange fame he's gotten. No, so uh, yeah, it's a, it's a building block anyway. Maybe he can uh, take it and, and learn from it, build from it. Good job, Jerry. He qualified twelfth. Yeah, 12th. unreal. I think he has stock exhaust on his bike. He did. I saw him. I yeah, I saw him. I saw him on the very left side, the very outside of the start straight, waiting to roll out for practice. And I just saw Robin eighty nine, and I'm like, I wanted to take a picture and send it to you guys, but I, phones don't work there. And I yeah. saw, I'm like, oh my god, he's got a Honda with two stock, the two stock pipes sitting out of the back of that. I, god. I, I picked him in fantasy, partly for the humor of it, partly because he qualified twelfth, and then. I, before the motos, I was uh, eating lunch with Christian Craig and uh, Kehoe and, and Jeff Myshack and, and Paige. And I'm like, Christian, let's go talk to Jerry. Like, let's go pump him up. Let's find out. Let's make today Jerry's day. And Craig's like, no. 
I'm like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Like, he's like, no, no, Jerry's going to Jerry, he told me. And I'm just like, we can do this, Christian. Let's go find him. He's like, no, nah, I'm busy eating. I'm good. Could not get Christian Craig to go give him a pep talk. Couldn't happen. He knows Jerry's going to Jerry. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we oh, speaking of Bogle, we had somebody, Wygant, on another group text we're on, basically stamp it that Bogle's going to ride for Phoenix Honda next year. Huh, JT? Like, stamped it. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I think he's he's speculating. I don't uh, think that's solid. It seemed like it was a stamping. I think he's he's connecting dots as far as what's available. There's a lot of dots going on. Just process of elimination. Um, What else? Uh, Anything else before 450s catch your eye? Lorenzo Lucrucio, good job again. 13-13 for Lorenzo. Venezuela zone. Um, Anything else? Uh, mm, not really. Not Brandon, really. Brandon, I mean, it, it was kind of a, other than the, the battle at the front, it was kind of a quiet day behind all that. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, Hill Road really uh, well. Any chance Marvin, Wachugal, Marvin, maybe his best track, maybe Unadilla, but. Man, I don't know. Do we see Do we see the Eli from 2016 where it was like one of the only tracks he could just show, you know, Kenny what was up? Or does, you know, because it's Marvin's good track, too. So I think you're, it's going to be a battle of wills on two good tracks for both guys. Oh, it's weird, though, because last year, uh, remember they battled, and then Marvin got sideways and hit Eli, and then Eli pretty much just let him go the rest of the day. Yeah. Like, Marvin was yeah. better than him last year. And, it I does, mean, I think it's safe to say that Tomek was better most of the time last year, but not at Washougal, So It doesn't matter what Marv does at Washougal. Like, it doesn't – Eli's going to determine – whether Marv wins or not. Like, that's where we're at. It's just... Yeah, I think so. I'm just throwing it out there. I'd say Millville is one of Tomac's best tracks, and Washougal's one of Marv's. I don't know if that's enough to swing this kind of yeah. speed differential yeah. in Marvin's favor. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, you think you, you would say that, and I don't necessarily disagree, but then you say, you know, Millville is one of Eli's best tracks, but last year Marvin was the fastest qualifier, and he went 1-1. You know, so who the hell knows? Actually, then that all underlines the point, Steve, that you're making. Like, Eli shouldn't be that bad at Millville last year. He shouldn't have been. Like, WTF. So, yeah, it's like if Eli shows up and does what he's supposed to do, then that doesn't happen. But sometimes he doesn't do that. So if you're Marvin, I guess that's all you can count on. Yeah, no, you just – Eli's going to determine whether Marv wins or not. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yep. All right, everybody, listen to this commercial from Racetech uh, and save some money using the code at Racetech.com. And we want to thank the folks at Fly Racing, of course, Alpine Stars, Maxis, uh, for making this happen. Uh, code PULPAMEX, all caps, at RacerXBrand.com to save on merch as well. And uh, we'll be right back to talk some 250s after this. Racetech suspension and engines, people. PULPAMEX18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Racetech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Racetech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, Racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. 
one of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, everybody. Millville, Minnesota, wrap up the best track on the circuit. Uh, thanks to Maxis. Thanks to Alpine Stars as well for making it happen. Love the Tech 7s, my boot of choice. Uh, all right, let's go to 250s. And, yeah, the troll train. Yeah. Um, it's over, everybody. I mean, look, Plessinger could get hurt. Plessinger, Plessinger's bike could break, but uh, that was a statement uh, by Aaron Plessinger. Why again? That was a statement on on a track Alex Martin grew up on, and um, yeah, it, a nice job for AP there. Just phenomenal day. Yeah, and we all know that Plessinger has the ability on the right day to just be head and shoulders faster than everyone else. Now, I'm sure if Zach Osborne and or Jeremy Martin are listening to this or taking their shirts off right now. But Plessinger's really, really, really good on his good days. And the fear is that he was going to start having more of them. And to me, the fact that he had two in a row and on tracks that were really good for Amart, yeah, that's why, like, there's no hope left unless you're just going to get lucky. Yeah. Like, much like you were saying about Tomac, like, it's just on Plessinger. If Plessinger can get his deal dialed in, there's not much anybody else in the class that's left right now is going to be able to do anything about it. And he was so much better. And honestly, same thing with um, uh, Glenn Helen, I felt, was like that. He got really good starts at Redbud, and that helped, and Fortner was able to battle him and stuff. But his starts were okay in these two motos. His starts were okay, Glenn Helen. He just rolled past dudes. Like, I'm going to go fifth to first in about two laps. See you later. Yeah, no, it's, There's nothing anyone can do about it. Downhill speed was amazing. Oh, my God. Just amazing. Yeah. Just, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, what a ride. You well, see we kept, how we kept close we kept that class is? Yeah. Go ahead, JT. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. Um, I was just saying, we kept wondering who was going to take charge of this thing, right? Because the guys kept dropping out, and everyone we thought was going to win the title was either hurt or, you know, something happened to them. And it was just kind of like, okay, guys, championship's wide open. Yeah, Plessinger has the red plate, but realistically, it's kind of open here. And you see, you saw Forkner trying to make his runs at winning motos and, and continuing to throw it away. And then it was like, all right, who the hell is going to step up and make this happen? And I think we've, in the last two weekends, we've got our answer. This is, this is Aaron Plessinger's championship, and he has firmly taken the reins, I think, mentally, physically, speed-wise. I mean, he's, he's done everything he's needed to do to be the man. Like, I don't see how you could look at him and be like, yeah, I mean, at this point, he's, he's the guy. As we said, on two tracks where I, I really felt if, if Amart was going to win this thing, he needed to do everything he could do to cut the lead down and, and have the red plate going into Indiana and then just hope he could find a way to, to eke out a championship because these were his two tracks. I, I feel like uh, Unadilla maybe leans a little bit more towards, um, towards Plessinger, so maybe he would give one back, but Bud's Creek is a strong Amart track again, so... I kind of was thinking it was going to go a little bit of back and forth, but that was all for naught. I mean, AP has just grabbed hold of this thing and doesn't seem like he's going to let go. Yeah, it was a great ride. Uh, Alex said he made a wrong tire choice in the first moto, and he really helped. It hurt him off the start and hurt him the rest of the race, and he uh, he blamed it on himself, and, and then he said he went back to the paddle tire for the second moto, 
and um, you know it had much better results. Although, like Alex was not blaming the tire choice on getting beat. He just when you want to talk about the first moto when he got a ninth, did he get a ninth? No, he got seventh. Uh, first moto, first moto, he said, "Yeah, like just the tire choice was bad. I shouldn't have done that." Put on the scoop tire and felt way better second moto. So, not that he was saying like, "Oh, it cost me the win," but that was Alex's. Uh, uh, that's what Alex had to say about it. So, I mean, look, he whole shot the second moto. You know, that was the time. That was his time to at least get a moto win, and uh, Blessinger got 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 by him. So, yep. Well, he straight up said, I think he probably told you too. He told me he's like, it was that downhill. Like he's like, I yeah. just was not willing to do that. He's like, surprised. I kind of surprised myself. I feel like actually in the sand whoops. I think I might have been the same or even a little bit faster than him, even though I'm literally a foot shorter. So I surprised myself there, but forget it on those uh, downhills. I was going to say about Plessinger, that class throughout history, even when it was the 125 class, in general that class is much closer than the 450s, and it's almost like 20 different dudes that they start third can get third in a moto. So to me, when one guy is able to just mow the field down, it sticks out so much more, and that's why I think like the Baggett – El Chupacabra stuff back in the day was just so bizarre to see. Uh, and, like, that first year of the new Yamaha with Jeremy Martin when he was winning motos, when they had, like, nine-second leads in the first lap, it's like, what the hell? is This is not what you're used to seeing in this class. The thing with Plessinger, like, in these motos, it's like nine rider freight trains. can't They're the identical speed, nine guys. And then there's Plessinger just going significantly faster than that. It really sticks out. Yeah. How about like when it happens? How about like every time you ask Plessinger a question, he starts laughing. <laughs> like he just, he's just like you just be like, hey dude, like you crushed it. Like where where did you think you were good? <laughs> and then you're like, hey man, did you make any bike changes? He's like, <laughs> you're just like, like I mean, I guess when you're in buzz, your life is great, right? But I love his attitude. So yeah. I feel like his answer to every question is, is nah. Like there's nothing to anything. Right, like, right. Are you worried about this baby coming? You worried about the title? Were you worried about you know the couple weeks and not good results? And the answer is always like, nah, just uh, yeah, yeah just doing my thing, with, dude. With a laugh in there, with a laugh, like a little with game. a laugh, right? Never uh, worried about anything or really thinking too he, hard about anything. He actually told me that they put on new fork settings that Will Hahn developed. <clears throat> yes. So now a I have similar to. stature. Well, similar stature. I mean, I was kind of going there with him, but he wasn't having it. But, yeah, Will Hahn developed some fork settings before Redbud. I kind of asked him, like, hey, have you done something to your bike? And uh, that, that's what it did. So, um, If you threw Plessinger's gear on Will Hahn, you wouldn't really even, really even know. <laughs> the troll train is off the tracks, gentlemen. I, I just I want to let you both know that right now. So. That second moto, though, was a big help because after the seventh and moto uh, won, I didn't know about the tire, obviously, at the time, and getting beat straight up by Forkner in the second moto of Redbud, uh, what do you think, he only got fourth in the first moto at Redbud? I was really beginning to worry that it was, like, completely off the tracks. Like, I'm like, is he not even going to be a podium guy now? So I think that second moto was at least like, okay, at least he's still a podium guy because it was, I mean, it had been rough there for a little while. Um, good job, Justin Cooper, 4-3, second overall. Uh, star racing owner Bobby Reagan came up to me, gentlemen. Um, what? Yep, and said, uh, I just want to tell you, and I said, uh-oh, out loud. <laughs> and, and then someone was also was laughing, and he said he listens to all the podcasts, and we're usually spot on, he says. just want you guys to know that. Wow. Yeah. So, I think he meant I was spot on and JT was wrong. I didn't care, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Um. It would be impossible for both of you to be spot on since you agree on nothing. <laughs> That's very true. JT, regretting taking not taking Jordan Smith in Paul Mex Fantasy? 
He rode well. I did, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was uh, – I don't know why I didn't pick him. He just had been so up and down all year. But, uh, yeah, the first moto specifically was, was great. Well, Good job from him. Nice bounce back. Grumpy uh, – he, uh, he needed that. Grumpy cat flew down to Florida. They tested with him. So he seems happier. Jordan does. Yeah, I talked to I talked to Brian Johnson before the race, and he even told me they had really good off weeks, and yeah. and he's going to be good today. And I still stayed away. Still, from still him, stayed so. away. You had inside knowledge. And still stayed away. Um, uh, the only reason I didn't, I went for the I went for the big gamble instead of he, he was a kind of a safer pick, and I wanted a lot of points. Um, well, who wants to take Savachi and Forkner and their day and their things oh that God. their things that keep happening to them? Like seriously. I mean, it's getting to be. I wrote. I've. I wrote. I think I've written about three straight weeks. One of them about being like, I don't know, man. It's not working. It's not happening. And it didn't happen again. Like, I mean, like obviously, look, Forkner rode great in the first moto, and so you know, Savachi rode solid after a fall. But once again, why again? Like, just a fall after having the whole shot. Remember, while leading. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whole shot. Yeah. First half no. lap. Oh my gosh! Like. I went to Mitchell Bones at the end. I'm like, I keep thinking that you've had everything that could happen happen, but you keep finding new things to happen. Like, we haven't had the tangle with a lap rider yet, so. Yeah, there we go. We got that one, yeah. Got, got that one in now. It's just yeah. got, like, this is just the motocross gods paying Peyton back for all those years of winning, I think. They're just like, all right, guy, that's it. You're not, you're, you're done. You won too much. I don't know. I don't know. It's amazing. Just something yeah. is always happening to one of the pro circuit riders, or both. So. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, no one really saw totally what happened with Forkner, I don't think. I mean, we had a, the very end of the clip. Yeah. You know, I'm assuming that the lapper cross-rutted or came into him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we only saw the tail end. I mean, maybe there's a chance he hit, he, he caused it himself with a bad move. I don't know, mm-hmm. but whatever. Yep. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, uh, you either have the random they're in the pits or random Savachi picking up his bike clip Yeah, out of nowhere yeah. way so, too often. Savachi JT has just got to be like, what the hell is going on with my life right now? Like, what? You know. Yeah, I mean, uh, he got that whole shot and I'm like, here we go. What's going to happen? And it's so yeah. sad because I wasn't, I wasn't even like, is something going to happen? I was like, what's going to happen? Yeah. I knew something was going to happen. Yeah. I knew he was going to crash. Yeah. Yeah. His bike was going to break. He was going to get struck by lightning. Uh, something something was going to happen to yeah. him, and yeah, we didn't have to wait long, and he, he throws it away there in the mud. But man, what a what a rough go! And I think the only silver lining for this whole deal is that it's not costing him a ride, right? Because if yeah. if there was anything up for grabs as far as a ride being on the line, you would think like, man, he's not helping his chances. But that, I guess that's the only silver lining is that his, his fate seems sealed for 2019. Yep, uh, off day for Ferrandis. Man, just an off day for him. Yeah. Just never. Never got a go and didn't start. get starts. Yeah, yeah start. didn't get a starts. You know, just yeah, never, never. When we he was charging about, at the end, yeah. he was charging up at the end, but he was he was bad start, and he was also caught in that you know the Millville tough to pass thing yeah. because I was standing out on the track in the second 250 moto, and you could see him just he was all over guys like Nichols and Jordan Smith and these guys yeah. just every line you could ever think of to make it work and just couldn't like yeah. everybody would just funnel back to the inside and. Man, it's just tough to pass, especially on the 250, I think. Uh, Weej, uh, you've got good connections with Geico PR. What was the story with them, their team? Sexton uh, Sexton just waiting to someday get a good start. Yep. Someday. Right. He's like, all I want to do is just get one whole shot ever and just see what would happen. Uh, I, think he's, I think basically he's saying he's going to get a whole shot and he's just going to like 
ride until he blows up. Like there will be no pacing, there will be nothing. It will just be laps of glory um, <laughs> if he ever, ever gets a whole shot. Um, Hampshire is just like, dude, I think it's been like three or four weeks since he's been able to ride during the week. So actually doing pretty well um, considering that. Um, and I, the only other uh, nugget of information is that I was asking about their amateur team, and apparently some Italian kid wanted to qualify for Loretta's last year or this year, and Ziggy wanted to help him out, and then he went to, like, his area regional and, like, dominated, and they, I don't know, like a stock bike. And they are like, we don't even know him. We don't even know how to say his name, but he might be really fast. Well, sign so, him a 10-year deal yeah. right now. Give him a 10-year deal right now. Give him right into <laughs> Right into the age 30, 30 season. So, um, uh, absolutely. Sign him up, everybody. Do it, Ziggy. Um, what else? Oh, uh, well, there's also Cameron McAdoo on the team. Uh, you might want to tell the PR guy that. Yeah, I got to see. Uh, I don't think the PR guy has heard from Cameron McAdoo yet. Okay, all right. Uh, McElrath's uh, wheel broke in Moto 2 after a fifth place. Bummer for Sugar Shane. Um,. Jordan Bailey was kind of good. Mosman was kind of good. JT, like not bad. Yeah, Mosman had a good second moto. First moto, he was in that that oh. pileup, and he was actually the yeah. last one to get going. And Harrison too. Uh, yeah, the the second moto, Mosman rode really well though. Yeah, he was he did sixth or seventh by the end, but he was strong. Like he was right. He wasn't at the front with that one battle, but just behind the uh, kind of the second tier group, yeah. which is where he needs to be if he if he wants to get. I don't know what his contract situation is, but that's the group he needs to be in. Um, Jimmy D, uh, I talked to Jimmy D at the end of the day. Uh, overflow rental car parking was quite a walk from the pits. I wish Millville would figure this out, by the way. They got tons of space in the pro pits every single year, but nope. Rental car parking full, and you cannot pull in that wide open field. We know it's 730, and everyone who's racing is in there. And no one else will go in there, but you cannot go in there with your rental car. Just can't do it. All of that space Just come earlier. Has come to earlier. Stay. I was there at five fifty five. Five fifty five, there were a ton of spots. That space has to stay wide open. Has to. Anyways. Um, so rental car walk parking was a long way away. Uh J Bone gave me a ride uh down there and then we said, Jimmy D hop in, because your your car's over there too. And Jimmy D's like, nah. 16th walks it out, J-Bone. 16th walks it out. So and he was punishing himself for his day. Uh, would not take a ride back. Uh, Lopes came back and was riding well both motos. At some point, though, in the second moto, he came around with no visor. So hit the ground, I would assume. Or perhaps it flew off, JT, much to your delight. But I think he probably hit the ground because he was way back. Mm, not sure. No uh, comment on that. Uh, what else? Anything else? Two fifty wise boys. Only thing I got on Lopes is uh, I was out. Uh, I got uh, my parents in town uh, mm-hmm. this weekend, so we went out uh, this afternoon uh, with all the grandkids. We're hanging out, and then Lopes and his dad uh, come walking by at oh. a local Merkdale Village, which people in the North Carolina area will will know what that is. I see Lopes and his dad. They were also on my flight. I'm like, Lopes, what's up? Like, you like hanging out here? And he's like, Oh yes. Phil told me everywhere to go. Phil told me all the good restaurants. So that is his guiding light. Yeah. He just goes where Phil tells him to go. Have you actually talked to him much, either one of you? No. Actually, one of our first combos just usually head nods. No, Lopes is cool. We've had him on the show. Talked to him. Oh. Yeah, Lopes is cool. Oh. He's a good dude. Okay. So. Weege, Weege, is this Merkdale Village the place where the sushi restaurant is that Sorby had his own role? Oh, I don't know this, is that but a different place? I've got to, I got to dig in deep on that. 
Is this where we okay. went? For, there, is, is this where there we, was a there's a plaza there? I guess this village. I'm assuming it's the same one where everyone kind of goes. There's a lot of restaurants, and there's a, a restaurant that everyone frequents in the JGR crew. And Sorby had his own sushi roll because he oh. was, you know, he was the talk of the town at one point. Um, yeah, Sorby was here before my time. I'm really, I'm really. That's really a shame. I, I feel, I feel like when Sorby probably comes in and out of a town, it's like the Back to the Future cars. There's probably just like fire tire tracks. The marks he leaves. <laughs> I think that was he a, comes into town. That mall was the same place we went. Well, again, when I went out there to your place, uh, we had we had an outdoor pizza place. Always same. Yeah, place. yeah, yeah. It's like they built basically a downtown. Like they built right. the downtown from scratch. Um, uh, Phil, that's what Phil recommends. Um, okay. Anything else? Uh, Two fifty wise. Um, you want to talk about Stu or Marty? Anything? I want to talk about uh, something about donations. This does involve hurlings, but it is not oh about hurlings versus Tomac. Okay, we, this, is, this, is, this should be controversial. So in the GPs, Calvin Vlanderin is third in points, won a GP, factory Honda rider. He is this weekend, clearly from South Africa. Mm-hmm. South African, lived there until age 15, moved to Europe. He will be racing for the Dutch team. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Him, Goldenhoff, and Hurlings, that's legit. I mean, the dude is third in MX2. He's won a race. This is not a joke. He is the best non-KTM rider. So the fact that a South African who's really good is just on the Dutch team, to me, is a massive shakeup for donations, and it's weird how that works. No, that happens every now and then. Why can't there's uh, I know. There, yeah, I know. it's not a huge deal. I mean, guys do well, that. Well, it's a huge deal as far as – Look at what a difference this could potentially make in results. Like, there's no reason they can't win now. Nah. They can win. Nah. Why not? I don't think Coldenhoff. Are they not the third best team? Competitive no. enough. No. I don't think Coldenhoff's good enough, nah. honestly. Yeah. Bro, are they not the third best team? No. Dude. Yeah, but that, you're saying win. Yeah, but all you need to do is be the third best team, and then you're in. now it's in play. Now it's in play. Now it's just win? a yes. few yes. funky, screwed-up things. I'm not saying they're going to win by straight-up speed, but if you're the third-best team, you have a chance to win now. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on that. I just don't – I don't think they do. They're, they will need help, which typically happens in across the nations anyway. But, yeah, yes, I mean, exactly. they're a good team on paper now, no doubt. Well, maybe you can start, you, start yelling about the Dutch uh, on Friday night. Oh. Well, again, maybe you can start yelling about the Dutch coming on Friday night when you host the uh, – Oh, the yeah, this thing. Well, what I heard the story there is – so Langston told me, and then I also heard from uh, our buddy Jeff Meyer how this worked. So it was easier for him to race under a Dutch license, but he said, I want to still have the South African national anthem and carry the flag. And then when he won a GP, he draped the South African flag over his shoulders. And then that federation said, whoa, 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 you don't get a license through us and you hold our flag? We demand a letter of apology for that. What? And then he said, yeah. And then he said, well, then, F you, I'm no longer part of South Africa at all, and I'm just racing for the Dutch on the donation team. F yourself. Was the, the South African motocross guy the same bad guy from Lethal Weapon 2? Because that guy was an asshole. But <laughs> Jet Li? No. Lethal Weapon 2, bro. Uh, no, uh, stolen Kruger. Um, <laughs> wow, yeah, that, that's really dumb. I mean, we'll take him. Canada will take him. Come on over, Calvin. I'm just saying, I don't know how many people listen to this, follow the GPs closely, but again, he's the third best 250 rider over there. Him no, switching yeah. nations is big. He's the third best in a class that bumps everybody out when you get a certain All right, all great, right. Great job. Yeah, well, okay. He's, he's but the, he's those the are the guys that are going to be racing to nations. Hey, he's the third so. best in a class that when they showed up at Glen Helen, McElrath and Jesse Nelson and everybody just worked them. 
He's the third best in that class, everybody. Cooper Webb. I, I watched him catch and pass and beat Hurling straight up at a GP here. Right. Thank you. He did it. Um, yep. All right. Uh, word of the day? Tauntaun? You can't, you can't keep getting them in at the end of the broadcast because my Twitter feed, and JT, I'm sure yours too, like nobody's nobody's catching this. Nobody's paying attention, and because they're, they're okay. turn, like you're not dedicating yourself enough to this. Yeah, I'm basically forgetting for four hours, and then I'm shuffling through my paperwork at the end of the day, like throwing right. things in the trash. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, oops. Do, do you not want to do this anymore? Are you not going? Are you going to keep? No, that? I'm I'm all in. I, well, I really enjoy it. Um, should I've had Dunge do it? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, he was probably like not, AC. he was not as excited as AC. I would imagine. All right. You know, I'll give Dunge credit for one thing. He did this because he wanted to. Yep. I, I asked, like, it wasn't like he has an obligation with, um, you know, KTM to do a certain amount of media or any of his other sponsors, his gear sponsor, which I won't name for JT's sake, or Red Bull or anything like that. Like, he was going to come and be Grand Marshal and hang out. But he's like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm not very comfortable doing it, and I need practice. It's good for public speaking. It's just a skill that I feel like I should be better at, just being able to – Speak, and I think we could all say he's had weaknesses at times with that. Tell him to come on the Pulp Show. Lots of speaking. We'll give him lots of speaking. <laughs> See you next true. week, buddy. Ugh. Yep. What? So I give him credit for that. Like, he didn't do it. I just assumed when I heard we had Dungeon in the booth, I'm like, oh, I guess K-Tan probably asked. Or right, Red Bull right, right. He's like, no. He's like, no, I didn't have to. I just wanted to. So I thought that was cool. God, Dungeon and I, has had our, we've had our ups and downs. I was his buddy. Yeah. See you next week, buddy. Yeah. Remember that? Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why I said yeah. Right. No, no, I know. But mm-hmm. um, And uh, you had a podcast. I remember, like, you you had a regular old podcast on there in his early days with Suzuki. Everything yeah. was fine. Yeah, everything was good. Yeah, everything was good. Yeah. You know what it was? It, that that jerk-off RV did it, I think. Because he, he didn't like No, you know where I think a lot of it was? Stu? This is going to sound so crazy now. Oh. No. He and uh, uh, Jeremy Martin were tight in the early days. And when Jeremy Martin was headhunting for that Matthews guy. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think he and Dunge were like weekly, you know, riding together and then talking trash on that Matthews guy. And what's funny is, look at you and J-Mart now. Yeah, we're pretty good. Yeah, J-Mart and I yeah. are, are good. Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah. like, I'm such a – I just – I had this realization. Like, like I, ha- I interviewed Plessinger and Alex at the same time for my pulp race, post-race podcast. And I like said to Alex, like, what does it feel like to get passed by Plessinger on a on a downhill that you, it's named after you? Like, who does that? Like, like how does that feel? Like, it's like, how does that feel? Alex just get like blown by on it's named after you. It's literally Martin Martin Mountain. Anyways, hard truth. Um, hey, so word of the day, JT. I don't know if you have one. Uh, let's throw another Star Wars. What? Crankshaft? <laughs> no, no, not crankshaft. Um, let's throw another <laughs> word at. at it, uh, it was the word of the day in some in some ways. <laughs> yeah, you're such. A, um, how about another Star Wars word like Greedo? What the hell is Greedo? Greedo. You don't know. You gotta who, have ones that people know of. You don't know who Greedo is. Everybody knows who Greedo I do, is. I do, but no, most people don't. That's fine. You still gotta get the word Greedo in. I don't. I don't like it. Well, what do you got? I gave you mine. No, it can't be crankshaft. That's super easy to get in. Hmm. Greedo. 
We already. I, I was going to suggest Chewbacca. Did we do Greedo before? Uh, I think we did Chewbacca before. Did we do Greedo? I think. We I think we did Greedo because people were berating berating me on Twitter for not. Uh, I said I didn't know what it was then. Yeah. Uh, and let, still, still don't know. Yes, yeah, still don't know. I don't know. All right, well, let's do, let's do it on text message because JT's got to go. So we'll figure it out and put it out on on Twitter. Word of the day. Anything else? Mill, Millville, Minnesota. Speak now forever. We're on to Washougal. We're on to Washougal. JT, you will be there again at Washougal. Fly Racing launching 2019 gear this weekend, Wygant, and uh, you will be forced to talk about it. He is going to make sure that you talk about it, Wygant. I'm, I got plenty of fly racing gear. I got no issues with fly racing. Great stuff. <laughs> um, talk about fly racing all day long. All right. Okay. Well, it's very cheap. copper pants. I mean, what's not to love? Yeah. No, absolutely. Right. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Alpine Stars and, and uh, Maxis and, of course, the folks at Fly Racing for making this podcast happen. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks, boys. See you guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stop 
that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.